we could see those like legs like expand and like crab walk and like spin and rotate like i i was hoping for that and then they were just like nope we're just gonna like do the old like crank the wheel turn the thing on its side and then (laughs) it doesn't Mm -hmm. recover yeah especially when the police vehicle did that earlier in this movie and i was like oh it did it perfect oh and then this one just doesn't do that oh what was the point of those weird janky suspension arms um anyways hey uh speaking of uh Speaking of futuristic vehicles, mm-hmm. oh yeah, tearing all around, mm-hmm. doing wild stuff. Yeah, do you have a few moments to no. talk about Formula One? Oh, I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. I do. I guess we should maybe get into that uh, that do weekly like conversation. A, we just like record the uh, yeah. the conversation that we're having and yeah, yeah, release it as some sort of downloadable mm-hmm. audio product. Maybe even available on a weekly basis. Yeah, maybe even available on like your like pocket computer or your desktop interface mm, or mm-hmm. you know. Yep. Um I wonder what the what the VR space looks like with podcasts. I would imagine it's not good. Yeah, it's probably uh, real bad. Yeah. Yeah. But like there's a whole other space of like Amazon Alexa and like that sort of stuff that is, you know, yeah, backfilling some of that. Yeah. Ugh. Let's let's do it. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's dive in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's let's put a show intro like right around here. here. Welcome to the F one files, folks. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, this is uh, this is our weekly conversation. Uh, we are a couple of F1 fans uh, who have loved this sport forever and will continue to love it well into the future, no matter what that looks like. We are pinned to this, John. Uh, I'm one of these hosts. My we name's are. Corey Willis. I'm a writer, actor, improviser out here in Los Angeles, California. And this is John Lepore. I'm a creative consultant designing the future for film, technology, and automotive. Um, all right. So we are in a off week or mm-hmm. in the middle of an off week, I guess technically. We are on our way into race week. Yes. Yeah. Uh there hasn't been a lot of big developments in the world of Formula One that I've been tracking, but there is yeah. a story that broke that I want to kind of dive deep into. And maybe this is even the sort of focus of uh, of what we can get through today, and is something that I think ties beautifully into a recurring concept that we have here on mm-hmm. the F1 Files. Uh, as all of you know, at the end of every episode, we ask each other, has Formula One stock mm-hmm. gone up or down? Yeah. And I think we're, we're both huge... Uh, Fit, not just fans, but we are advocates. Uh, we are cheerleaders. We are yeah. uh, the like Johnny Appleseed uh, seasonal equivalent of just trying to spread this wonderful sport that we love yes. around and around. There was a report 
that came out, uh, there's this entity called Buzz Radar, who are mm-hmm. a consultancy that run analytics on all sorts of things all around the world through the lens of social media yeah. as a way of generating reports and information on what is trending and what isn't trending and you know what's what's hot what's uh and and whatever they released a report i think it was 4 days ago mm-hmm. uh that is entitled have we reached peak f1 yeah and i think you can you know we can already fill in a bunch of the blanks and make a whole bunch of assumptions here but i feel like uh, I want to go like Jim Cramer, Mad Money style, and just start like ringing bells and sounding alarms and pulling out props and whatnot. But I think uh, there's a there's a degree to which you know when I step outside of my own default enthusiasm, mm-hmm. I think we do have to face that we are in the middle of, or maybe even headed deeper into a. Verstappen driven recession. Yeah. In Formula One stock. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff here that, uh, and I've got the, there's, you know, uh, all the different outlets have run, you know, reports on it, all the F1 blogs and whatnot have put out their, their summaries on this on this report um which all you know speak to the the same predictable sort of factors here yeah um i've got the their full documentation of this thing up over oh wow okay and there's a few things that i can kind of like touch on or dive deep into but basically it's it's just about you know we had this skyrocketing growth yes in the sport uh driven by a few things, uh, particularly, you know, I think the the clearest push that helped Formula One get some like nitro in its fuel tank mm-hmm. was this combination of COVID lockdown mm-hmm. and Drive to Survive uh, being yeah. on on Netflix, being a thing that Netflix was just sort of like algorithmically pushing out there to people. Yeah. And pushing it to people at a time where people were probably consuming more content than they had been typically due mm-hmm. to lockdown. And yep. also, there were many people who were starving for sports content. Exactly. None of the sports in early lockdown state were were functioning uh, yes. All. Yeah. There and even not even like, not even local sports were functioning. Let alone like you know, kind of like. And I'm not just talking about like U.S. state sports. I'm talking about like national sporting leagues took a huge break, uh, and then international sporting leagues. It was like, pfft, yeah, there's just no way. I mean, we're like, clo- like Australia is like closed for business. Like they're not letting anyone in. Uh, mm-hmm. China also closed for business. Japan closed for business. Like there was no way people were going to be engaging in sport. And then the first sport to come back, the first thing to show back up on the international stage was F1. So like, yeah, yep. it was, and it like remained as the first sport uh, other than like, the NBA that like figured out how to create a bubble. Um, but that was like a huge signifier and much 
like the NBA shutting down when like everyone was like, oh, COVID is real. They just shut the NBA down, like the biggest cash cow um, in like sports entertainment in this country. They like shut that down was like a huge signifier for, I think, like the states, but also as F1 fans, John, when they canceled the Australian Grand Prix like literally like the weekend of the Australian Grand Prix I was like oh okay if if F1 has made a decision to not go on for a little while the whole world is about to shut down and then like we watched that happen but yeah it was like a a huge signifier and a huge like not to say that COVID was like a good thing in any way but for the business of F1 and the popularity of F1, it was like maybe the best thing that could have happened for F1 was like the world. And there is a degree to which Formula One was sort of like very well poised Mm -hmm. and prepared for this. Uh, Mm -hmm. Formula One's uh, growth, and again, this is just solely via social media numbers. Right, right. But from uh, Liberty Media taking over Formula One and from 2017 to 2021 Mm -hmm. um the the numbers were making a dramatic increase year after year yeah with that curve getting like steeper and steeper uh to the point where uh the the numbers are looking at in 2021 Mm -hmm. uh the the social media figures you know were up from the previous year Instead of like any sport would be happy to just be like, we're getting like a 10, 15, or maybe even a 20% bump upwards. Yeah. In 2021, it was 74% more than than the previous year. All right. In 2022, it was up 92% more than 2021. Than the previous year, which was astronomical. It, it wow. literally doubled. It almost doubled in 2021, and it effectively doubled mm-hmm. in 2022. And in 2023, mm-hmm. it is down 70%. Ooh. It is like fallen off of a cliff and has gone, you know, straight downwards. Basically, it's like taken a full year of momentum mm-hmm. out of the sport yeah Oof. so it's you know it's definitely not a good sign i do wonder you know what sort of long-term implications yeah there are to this particularly because the blitz in popularity mm. which the the growth in the sport over the last several years was better than any other sporting event mm-hmm. on on Earth. Yeah, and as a result of that, we've mm. seen all sorts of not just you know added interest, but there's been a lot of business done around Formula One. Yeah, there's been all sorts of new relationships and sponsorships. Probably mm-hmm. the most expensive endeavors have been things around. New races, yeah. New events, yeah. This incredibly expensive deal around Las Vegas, mm-hmm. which is coming out of Formula One's own pocket, yeah, yeah. 
any of the other races. And not only that, but the Vegas event, I think they just said flat out, like they just said, like, we're locking this in for yeah, a it's, decade. Yeah, it's, right? it's happening no matter what. Yeah, yeah. Oof. And so I worry that, you know, if if that then if it's proven that those things are not fruitful enough and those need to be scaled back or yeah. you know, pulled out of after you know two or three years that that could almost accelerate an even further sort of like destabilization of the sport and yeah especially its yeah. current hmm yeah i don't know what that there that's a big gamble that is being made by liberty uh and i don't love the idea that this is like uh i mean we have john we both have fairly responsible uh uh parental units um but this feels like when like uh when you like watch a sitcom or like you 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 watch like a a, a movie about like someone who is like a a degenerate gambler and it's like you gambled away the kids college fund like i feel like that's what f1 is doing right now with like the future of the sport uh and in this metaphor we're the kids and uh liberty is that dysfunctional <laughs> degenerate gambler yeah yeah and i think there's you know there's some other outs there's you know there's always talk about mm-hmm the Saudis swooping in and buying the sport Mm -hmm. discussing a little bit, uh, uh, recently on the podcast. Um, Mm. there's, you know, there's others ways this could unfold. And I don't think, I I don't feel yet that formula one has hyper extended itself in like a ruthlessly irresponsible way. I don't, I do sense that a lot of this was done with like, well, the trajectories are the, the data is all there. Yeah. It is very clear that everything's going to keep, you know, uh, accelerating. And even if it just levels out, that's fine, but we're probably going to see continued growth and whatnot. And now it's, it's not just stalling, but yeah. it's reverting. What kind mm. of, how could you take such a healthy, thriving enterprise what kind of like sickness or poison would have to be introduced to make something like this like immediately have a a violent negative shock through its whole system i mean it's red bull and max verstappen that's that's the poison pill god damn it yeah god damn it yeah and and again as people who like you know, uh, who grew up in ages of dominance and have like, uh, there's, there are, you know, more or less always been dominant teams within the sport. But I feel like with this, with all this attention on the sport itself, it makes this era of dominance and this like fumbling of the promotional bag. Uh, it feels like it's going to be hard to not point at red bull and verstappen for making it less enjoyable um i mean i'm going through this document and it's a real ugly uh powerpoint presentation yeah yeah, of course of course Uh, this thing's like it's lots of 
lots of really corny charts and graphs and like stock photography of people sitting around devices and computers mm -hmm. and, and whatnot. And the first time you see a true Formula One image in this presentation, it's on page six, Dude. Uh, which is the, the data behind F1's rapid rise in popularity. And it's an image from Drive to Survive, or it's like a Netflix style, like, you know, cover art for Drive to Survive. Mm -hmm. The only other specific piece of Formula One imagery in the entire ugly PowerPoint is on page 11 with the headline of the evidence that we have reached peak F1. And it's a image of yep. Max Verstappen yep. celebrating a win with a bottle of, cha of champagne in his hand. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, that's it. Uh, and and uh, here's, here's a statement. Uh, After training our AI models to follow patterns in online conversation over the past 10 years, we predict a steady decline in F1 interest until the domination of Max Verstappen and Red Bull ends and competition closes up. Our predictive model estimates that F1 could lose as much as 50% of the new audience it has gained if the same driver continues Ooh. to dominate the sport. So, all right. So, like, when you have an analytics uh. firm coming out and saying, like, make no question about it, Max Verstappen and Red Bull are poisoning Formula One. Yeah. And we've we've alluded to this previously on the podcast. Like, what do you what do you think goes through Max's mind when he's hearing this? Like, I feel like this is for a guy that is an a superb driver. Mm -hmm. He is he is a true champion, yeah. a, a deserved champion, yeah, um, with uh, an incredible capability. Who is showing a level of like. Jordan-esque dominance in his sport. Yeah. I feel like this has to be like the worst possible scenario to be in those shoes. Yeah. To be like I'm I am I'm so dominant. I am so good. And it's not even just that like, oh, the the you know, the fan the haters are hating. Yeah. You know, the fans of the other teams dislike me, but it is like, oh, you're foundationally breaking yeah the sport it's like the statistical analysis all everything points to like you are the problem i feel like this is like if like and not not only that the, the sport was just thriving yeah it's just the healthiest that it's ever been was headed to new heights that we could barely even imagine and then you know this this birthday cake Mm -hmm. was being uh, walked towards the the table, uh, was put down for a second, and then he just walked in and sat on it. You yeah. Know, like, yeah. it's... Yeah. <laughs> it really is a... Yeah. And it was his birthday cake that he sat on. Um, oh, yeah. There's there's nothing... Like, I can't... Im I mean, it, it's it's hard to even imagine how to, like create a, a comparison but it's almost like if like you ruined all of the design world like uh or if like i ruined all of comedy 
uh, would be like, oh, yeah, mm, yeah, the thing that I love and have been kind of like going for being the best at and being and like improving, I have somehow ruined. Um, but like without like with our with that with that metaphor, it's like, oh, well, no one would. Only the people who knew design would be like, yeah, that guy John ruined design. Or like someone who was like a real student of comedy would be like, yeah, that guy Corey ruined comedy. But like this is on some like, oh, there are like analytics companies that are training AI models on your failure. There are terribly uh, (laughs) uh, boring PowerPoint presentations being put together on exactly how you've ruined the thing you love the most Mm -hmm. like that feels it is not like you said like it's not just the haters it's not just the people who are like you know like us who are mercedes fans uh and like ferrari fans uh and it's like yeah i don't know i like just don't like red bull yeah of course those those people are going to be shouting this from the the rooftops but the fact that like mm-hmm. companies are backing that up with date with actual hard data, ooh, that's yeah. I mean, at, so Verstappen is now like creating his own race team. Like he wants to create his own like endurance race team. Uh, uh, so like I think that is probably why he is starting to like go like, oh, I need to not be so heavily invested in only F1 um, because like I am ruining it. Uh, Like as, as someone in this, like in like who's kind of responsible for making the world I'm part of better. um, I would, I would like create a foundation in some way that would like help people not have to do improv in order to like get into like comedy and acting. Like it's like it would be that kind of thing where I'm like, oh don't come don't do the thing I did because like I ruined it. But I'm gonna give you a bunch of other ways of like <laughs> coming up. And if you come up with my name, people will not associate you with the thing that like I ruined and you're learning from like it's just such a this is a very complicated metaphor. But uh, can I can I suggest a, another yeah. another metaphor, which is that in our in our early twenties, uh, you were the most uh, elite Zen <laughs> bouncer, yes, at numerous bars, yes, and had this way of being able to step into almost any situation, instantly diffuse it with only uh you know. Uh, some some carefully placed comments that implied you know uh some devastating outcomes yes yeah but without 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 literally like threatening violence yes uh or or anything like that which i think is uh, sort of the norm in the bouncer yeah yeah space yeah uh of course not to not to disrepute any of your your past colleagues or whatnot but (laughs) like how how do you if if you were the bouncer of formula one Mm. and you're you're looking out over the 2 a.m uh hot mess scene 
of the Formula One paddock and you just see like, you know, one particular agitator, problem starter, yeah. maybe a few other problem starters even related to yeah, the yeah. central problem starter. What's your like, what's your pathway in? What do you do? What do you say? How do you, how do you convince someone to make the, the right move? I mean, in this specific metaphor, I distract them with a chicken spinach dip. Uh, I order a chicken mm-hmm. spinach dip to the table, uh, and then they stop harassing the people around them, and they just like focus in on like their own perceived accomplishment of like, "Hey, we just got okay. a free chicken so, spin dip." Uh, yeah. So, so in this in this metaphor, a chicken spin dip is like we're going to start an entire racing series around you, mm-hmm. Max Verstappen. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to create something just for you. We're going to have a yes. a new elite level called Formula Zero mm-hmm. and you will be the the star driver in that format. Yeah. And the, you know, the cars are so advanced that they're completely invisible. And yeah, yeah. You know, it's going to look like you are just sitting in a in a bathtub. It's kind of like a dumpster, but we'll mm-hmm. call it a bathtub. Mm-hmm. But that's how advanced these futuristic vehicles are, that you pilot them yeah. through uh, Web3 technology and NFTs yeah. to... Uh, to, to to race around the most exotic locations yeah. anyone has ever before seen. And then you, and then you gently close the lid and, uh, yeah, it's like that. That's it. Like, like reinserting. Yeah. It's like a reinserting, uh, cipher back into the matrix and being like, Hey, you know what? Don't you miss the taste of like real steak slash real championship, real victory. Well, like I can, Make it so that your brain registers that you are the champion. I can make it so mm. that you never have to like worry about you know the the cold metal grates uh, of like the uh, of the hovercraft, the subterranean hovercraft uh, that you live on. Like you no longer have to do that. You'll like wake up in a nice. You'll feel like you're waking up in a nice penthouse apartment with a beautiful view of Central Park. But it's like. No, 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 no. We're just tricking you. So maybe it's like reinsert it. Maybe it's like finding a way to put Max into the simulator and then like trick him into thinking that he is no longer in the simulator, but he's just running Grand Prix. I like Grand this, Prix I like this theory because we know we know Max is like he's he loves loves, mm-hmm. loves simulator racing and whatnot. Like yep. what sort of what sort of scenario do we create? Like, is it like you put him into the simulator and then like while he's deep in concentration in the simulator, you start like moving other like walls or I guess other like screens or the sort of like the the Mandalorian LED wall stage that like wraps Yeah, the volume. Yep, yep, yep. And like, yeah, the volume. And you basically like, like in like a Mission Impossible operation, you surround his simulator with the volume and then when he like gets out of the simulator, you're like, "Welcome! You're here at you know Monza. Yeah, see yeah. everybody. They're so happy to to see you. Just stand on this treadmill for a moment, mm-hmm. and the you know, and and we'll we'll make your way around. And we just keep like 
diluting him. Like, I think it would only take like just a little bit of like mushrooms mixed in his water supply. Yeah. Yeah. For this to stick and yeah. for it to be compelling. Just like I think, s- drop like dose one of his Red Bull uh, drinks bottles. Um, and he's just, yeah. He's, he's now in the stim. Yeah, I think this could work. I think you get yeah. the volume, you know, you occasionally, like, we start working it into, like, you know, Martin Brundle's contract that, like, mm-hmm. once a month, he has to spend 15 minutes in Max Verstappen's volume, you yeah. know, telling him how how great he is uh, and, and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, you could maybe even, like, turn it into a spin-off Netflix series that's like the Truman show but mm-hmm. for for Max Verstappen yep. and we can kind of like point and laugh a little bit or like you know try to send him clues or hints uh and we could see you know there's almost like an escape room yeah. sort of uh you know layer to it I think like we of course, st- I think we've got something here <laughs> we, we I think sw- we've got this <laughs> we swap out the simulated Lando Norris for the real Lando Norris every once in a while and like yeah, put him in yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> so he yep. feels like some real human connection yeah. and like friendship yeah I think yeah John I think and then and then we can do like we could do like a pseudo documentary like mm-hmm. you know after touching base with like Lando, who's like kind of like tearing up before he goes in there to see his old friend be the shell of his former self and whatnot. But he knows yeah. that he has to do it for the good of the sport. And he's a, he's a better hero for having yeah. participated yeah. in the, in, in the, the, in the recession <laughs> countering uh, volume empowered, Truman Show-esque uh, Verstappen life simulation yeah. that is funded by, you know... Liberty. Liberty, Liberty should... Yeah, Liberty, and Liberty the, and should have like, they, they, this would yeah. be This would be no problem for them. I always had... I've always had a theory that in, like, really big business environments that depend mm-hmm. on certain, like, on there not being disastrous outcomes for, for certain things, like... Uh, Think of like the Marvel movie empire, mm-hmm. billions and billions of dollars for Disney. Yeah. They were in the process of committing hundreds of millions of dollars of budget into making their two uh, last Avengers films yeah. that they made. And as they were in the run up to the creation of those films, the the Me Too movement unfolded. Yep. And I almost immediately like concocted this theory uh, amongst uh, a few a few friends of mine, which was just that like I guarantee that Marvel or Disney or maybe it's just maybe it's just Bob Iger alone mm-hmm. has like a SEAL Team Six of operatives that are just at all times surrounding Robert Downey Jr. Yes, and just doing like whatever it takes just to make sure that like. You know, like, just keep living your blissful life, being mm-hmm. a huge star. We're going to keep everything as comfortable for you as possible. But please, oh, dear God, like, don't you dare do anything. Yeah. Go near anyone. Yeah. That could jeopardize that. Because, like, if, like, if there was a person that would be the biggest risk in this enterprise, it would have to be Robert Downey yeah, Jr. Yeah, for sure. Incredible, incredibly talented guy. Mm-hmm. He's you know, clearly had some demons in his past. Oh, yeah. I don't think we ever hear about demons in his present. No. And 
if there were to be demons or like serious demons, like it could instantly derail. It could have derailed. He's now sort of like out of the picture. And I think they all were like, oh, thank God he's dead. Not in the you know movies anymore. And yeah. Kind of like breathe a sigh of relief. But like if he was to have, you know, do something that would have the culture turn on him, that would have been like several billions of dollars for the biggest entertainment corporation just like disappear and evaporate and so like i'm certain i'm certain that like uh what what's what was that it was like a crappy showtime show about a guy who was kind of like a fixer secret agent uh ray donovan right ray donovan was that it yeah uh, is that even what ray donovan did i might be completely misinterpreting all of this crap i, I thought he was just sort of like I, I think it's like Disney's got something like that, yeah. but it's like it's closer to the giant uh, starship in the atmosphere in in the creator movie that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, that's, that's just, just going like, they've got targeting much, specific. Like, yeah, being like, yeah. oh, there's like a uh, there's a sex party that's happening in like uh, the Hollywood yeah. Hills with all of his old friends. It's like the nomad targets that location and just like gets rid of it completely so that Robert Downey Jr. Even yeah, if like he hears he, about he keeps it, he can't on, go. Yeah. He keeps on showing up to parties and there's just like the fire department is there and the road is closed. Yeah. And he's just like, geez. Huh, another one. I was really looking forward to seeing some old friends. Yeah. You know, like that's weird. It's sort of like when that, you know, the, yeah. there was uh, I was I was downtown and that random guy was approaching me, asking me, he was about to ask me if I wanted something, and then he just like Departicalized yeah. like right before my eyes. Weird. I thought I was tripping. That yeah. was weird. Yeah, huh. yeah. And, and then as he like turns away from these uh, Hollywood parties and these roadblocks, uh, the the traffic officers go back to their vehicles and like take out the uh, <laughs> the goofy like mascot, like the character head, and they put it mm-hmm. back on and then get in the car and drive away. Um, yep. Yeah, well, there's something that, I mean, there's something to this because we are now seeing, like, basically Disney did the same thing, but with Jonathan Majors. Uh, and when Jonathan Majors right, had, right, like, right. that the uh, the domestic charges show up, that I think he's been, uh, I think they've been dismissed at this point, but it was that, like, everyone collectively held their breath and they were like, Oh no, we staked the entire next phase of the Marvel yeah. cinematic universe on and like multiple characters that this guy is going to play. And we showed it. We and, showed and them so all like, already. So it's like, yeah, yeah. And so it was really weird. To, and I, I don't really, and I, I'm not even fully up to date. Mm-hmm. My casual recollection of what happened was charges came out mm-hmm. against Jonathan Majors. The next thing that happened was like many, many, many people immediately came forward yeah. and were just like, this guy is awful. Yep. This guy is he's like, been doing this guy this is kind an of stuff. Ant- like he's yeah. he's a he's just a terrible, awful dude. Yep. And then like almost immediately after that, every single person that was involved was like, 
nah, nah, sorry, I was out of line. Mm-hmm. You know, I it, it was I was actually the one that was inciting everything. Oh, there's video footage of it. You know, yeah, uh, proving that you know whatever. And I'm just imagining that, like, you know, again, those guys working in the volume, mm-hmm. you know, get a call at like two in the morning. They're like, can you guys quickly load up an Uber <laughs> interior into the volume? Can you guys? You know, like, yeah. why? I don't understand. Uh, and like, you know, throw a couple uh, in and out napkins on the seat of the car. Car and yep. uh, you know, yep. uh, let's you know, let's let's get in there. Uh, you know, uh, quick, get the guy on the line that de-aged Michael Douglas. Uh, we've got a an even a new challenge for uh-huh. him to to try and uh, uh, crack through. We get, we can only I'm, get one. I'm, we we can only get one high school student. Get Andy Circus in here in a motion capture uh, yes, suit. Yeah, so yeah, we yeah, can yeah, digitally exactly. insert another yep. high school student so we can break yep. up a fight. Yeah, like that kind of like just all the triaging that. That, I like I like yeah. that story right there that Andy Circus's career is derailed by him getting like ultra elite mm-hmm. missions at any given moment to like be flown somewhere, jump into a motion capture volume and try and act out like a political figure yes. or a famous star or or whatever, like yeah. on a moment's notice for whatever sort of like deep deep fake insanity is going to be driving the rest of our culture for the next decade or so. Uh, We've got got so far far away from F1. This is perfect. No, 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 no. This is all, this is all, this is all perfect. It's all totally in line. To me, it's all clear proof of concept. This Mm -hmm. could work. Uh, I'm going to make a few phone calls. I think they should reinstate the Formula One Innovation Prize uh, oh. to a former uh, participant. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And my submission should be for the Formula One Innovation Prize 2023 that we do the counter uh, recession pseudo Verstappen simulation volume. Yeah. Uh, simulator we'll come up with some like amazing like and the associated. Uh, <laughs> yeah there will be a great acronym, acronym for it, for it. And yeah. it'll be called like yeah it'll be called like Verstappen, yeah, know, or yeah. something like that. Uh, oh God, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see. Um, San, sans, Sandstappen, Sandstappen, um, nice. Yes, um, Sandstappen. Uh, so we have, uh, we we have that devastating news. We had that devastating, um, like report and analysis on the current state of F one, um, as far as like what it looks like uh, social media wise. Uh, But there was another announcement technology wise around uh, the valuation of F1, which there have been leaked, not conversations, but just kind of people who are close to F1 and close to Apple. Uh, There is a story that Apple has basically offered up $2 billion dollars for the global streaming rights of F1. So this is Ooh, like, yeah, this. yeah, oh, wow. yeah. So this is something that's pretty new. Um, not like pretty new, but there were, uh, there, uh, according to um, business F1 magazine, uh, it looks like the company is considering an offer worth about $2 billion per year. Uh to have global streaming rights. So like that as, as much as scary as it is to think about the social media impact and the social media um, analysis, if you look at a company like Apple, who is 
funding the F1 movie, producing the F1 movie, and is now looking mm-hmm. to secure global rights of distribution. Like that to me makes it feel like, oh, well, it's not just Liberty that's going to be kind of propping up F1 that other businesses, um, other entertainment companies, other people who are not like necessarily tied to an international government or, uh, you know, something like that. Like, cause like Aramco is basically like a Saudi, um, like promotional arm. And like that, that's, I imagine that F1 is like, okay, yeah, we see the blowback that like, FIFA has gotten or uh not not FIFA um but the the whoever the competing company of FIFA is whoever the competing company uh for like the PGA is that were like founded yep. in Saudi and maybe F1 is going like ooh people aren't completely in love with the idea of like Saudi money and influence on global sport um so maybe we don't ally ourselves with that country uh and a company like liberty and a company like apple are two huge global corporations that could very easily take the place of like a a government proxy and not just not just the saudi government i'm saying like any government basically running a global sport feels like gross so um uh, attention FIA. Uh, it's the, just the simple fact that you're, you know, you feel like you're more of a French company than anything that runs our sport feels kind of weird. Um, but anyways, um, so there's that news. So that feels promising. That is, that's pretty, that's pretty wild. So sorry, I'm still reeling mm-hmm. from this because this is like extremely in my wheelhouse. And I'm I'm deeply fascinated, particularly with, with Apple mm-hmm. and their relation to these things that are sort of like tangential to their core product. Yeah. But the way that their core product and how much money they make is so insane. Like they are on such a different playing field than every other major corporation, yeah. even that like – Doing something like just buying exclusive global global, global. rights, not 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 to broadcast in the United States, but yeah. globally, like that. That's something that they could do, and it would still be like kind of a drop in the bucket yeah. for them. It would be not like they they spent more uh, buying uh, beats yeah. when they purchased that outright, um, and it's that it's a is, yearly con two bit. Potentially, yeah, yeah, two, two billion a year, like, yeah. So to put it in perspective, before F one's recent increase in popularity, mm-hmm. ESPN. Mm-hmm. Now this is just for the United States, yes. so it's definitely different. Five million dollars a season when F one got white hot, ESPN ponied up. I think it was like. 30 yeah, it was thirty somewhere around to that. try and elbow out other entities like Apple. Who yeah, are looking at it, um, and so this is like almost a hundred x. Yes, that that's wild. That is absolutely insane. Um, and and also, I mean, like again, does that mean that like? Apple is the entity that is like 
However, mm. we want to tell you about this this simulator that we've been constructing. Yeah, yeah. We have, we've uh, we're you know, on the forefront of augmented one, and is, VR. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, there is one piece of fine print <laughs> that we should discuss. Yeah, yeah. About one of your drivers. Yeah, one specific driver and um, team. Yeah. So that's wild. But it's also interesting because, you know, again, because of uh, Apple's connection to the Brad Pitt Formula One film, which is expected to be something that shines a new kind of spotlight Mm -hmm. on Formula One. um, That's a potentially really interesting angle of like them, you know, kind of like it all being the same entity controlling entertainment, controlling another entertainment entertainment product using one entertainment product to advertise the other yeah um i mean it's it's uh i hate the word synergy but like but it's yeah, this is like perfect this is synergy overdrive yeah here. um the other piece of the puzzle that to me is really really fascinating uh are some advances that we're seeing in sport broadcast technology yeah. that are going to go really wild when we start getting into things like uh you know the the Apple spatial headset or any other companies you know uh, augmented reality or virtual reality yeah. sort of headset uh again I'm just going to keep uh uh you know kissing my own butt over the Formula One Innovation Prize. One of my mm-hmm. components of that was that, like, you should be able to sit in your living room, race on the TV, look down through your augmented reality lens at your coffee table and see a three-dimensional representation of oh, the, the track, track map. accurate vehicles yeah. in exact real-time positions and whatnot and have that kind of, like, God's eye view yeah. of it, you know, while watching the director's view. Um yeah. ABC, uh, ABC slash Disney, which have a little bit of like overlap with Apple, yeah, have been doing this thing recently for football games where they're running on like a kids channel or maybe on Hulu or something. They run a like Toy Story simulcast of a football game where they use data that is captured in real time of the live football game and create like toy versions of the players playing on a fictional field in Andy's room in the world of toy story. Mm -hmm. But you see the, you see the action like mimicked in real time, but with these, you know, characters. And now, uh, you're going to need a lot more tech and a lot more gear and data to be able to capture the nuance of a football game and seeing someone like grabbing onto the edge of a player's uniform. Cause like, that's where that tech is really going to re- shine is when people yeah. are like, okay, hold on. We've got full spatial information of everything. Let's zoom in all the way and really like, let's get underneath the people that are piled on top of each other and see if the ball is, you no. know, in or out of the end zone and like things like that. Right. Yep. Formula one. You don't have that. All you need is like the car telemetry data that already yep. exists. The same data that's being sent to the pit crews at the race. And that the and FIA exact... already has access to and everything too. Yeah. 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 It's not. Yeah. Yeah. I and so to me, there's there's an enormous opportunity with, you know, with Apple to come in and be like Formula One is not just it's not just a great property for them to have. Yeah. But I think it's the ultimate entry point to showing everyone what the future of broadcast sports 
could be. Yeah. Could and, and should be, and quite frankly. Yeah. And yeah. and and they're and they are fully vertically integrated mm-hmm. into everyone's pockets and living rooms and whatever. Yeah. To be able to like literally make that very ambitious fantasy like reality. Like just like just like, just that. like that. Yeah. I mean like they're like the gloves that the drivers wear have quite literal like biometric sensors in them to monitor heart rates of the drivers like that is like they're monitoring the vital information of the drivers and it is standardized because the FIA went like oh if a driver gets into a crash we want to have like biometric data that is feeding back to us so we can in real time go like oh there's been a death on track do not show any of the cameras like do not allow any of this footage to make it to broadcast like that it's partially that is what's going on with the FIA and their sensor uh their like data and sensor technology so like that already exists you could quite easily like you said they had like toys uh like or toy story uh as characters you could just have like I mean, Lewis has already been a character in Cars. Um, So, like, you could quite literally have his car from Cars racing other cars with other, like, liveries on them. And it could be – it could just happen. uh, And they could happen. I mean, I want it to be that Lewis Hamilton's car Mm -hmm. is replaced – with my uh 2021 honda pilot with all of my kids like banging on the windows from the inside yeah and and whatnot uh as it's you know dicing its way through the field yeah yeah that's my fantasy i uh i love it and i love how all this sense all these sensors and all this data will also report back to the fia Mm -hmm. to let them know at any moment that like uh, Mr. Verstappen's anxiety levels are increasing. Let's dial in a little more psychosyllabin. Yeah. Uh, because we think there's, he's he's close to getting up and trying to touch one of the walls of the volume. Yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's make sure he stays comfortably seated yeah. in his simulator. Give him a snap of oversteer. Give him a snap of oversteer. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah it's like all that it would take. <laughs> just, yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, have GP come over the radio and just like, annoy him with some feedback tell him to lift and coast get him to like focus in on his fuel usage just yeah little things like that could keep verstappen in the simulator for as long as we need him to stay in there uh speaking of verstappen and simulator data we got to talk about sergio perez we got to talk about There are new rumors and it's just, it's exactly what we've been talking about, Johnny. It's exactly what I've been screaming, which is like, they are going to replace Sergio Perez mid season with Daniel Ricardo. That is 100% going to happen. Liam Lawson is not getting that seat. Liam Lawson apparently has been promised a reserve seat next year. And for me, all that that means is like, Oh, they're keeping him in the Red Bull program. They don't have a seat for him at Alpha Tauri yet. But basically what they're going to do is they're going to pull Ricardo from Alpha Tauri up to Red Bull 
within the first like six races and they're just going to slot Liam Lawson into a car that they know he's good in, know that he can perform in and has already given valuable feedback and data to the engineers about. So like this is, it's all but a foregone. I mean, to me, this is, this is, yeah. And this is, it's the, uh, Liam Lawson. Uh, all right. If, uh, if Piastri is the truth, Mm -hmm. Liam Lawson, I'm coining it now. He is the implication. Ooh, just the existence. Yeah, just the existence of Liam Lawson. Yep, is the implication that any of four Red Bull drivers? Technically, it's really just going to be three yeah, of them. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Any, there's four drivers who, if they were to cross Red Bull, if they were to disappoint Red Bull in any in way, any shape, way. Or form. The implication yeah. is that they are thrown directly off the boat and Liam Lawson is there to just like they're like pulling jump he's, right he's in. Been and on the dinghy and they're and like pulling the rope in and they're like, Liam, it's your turn. Get on the boat. Get on the boat. <laughs> yeah. And it and it is it is not that he is on reserve. He is a motivational instrument yes. Yes. for that team. Yeah. Yep. There's yeah, there's just he is absolutely the implication. I want to make like a I want to make like a, a, a 1991 like poster that you could buy at Foot Locker. Yes. That is like Liam Lawson, you know, uh, it says like, you know, in cool 3D letters, the implication. Yeah. And then like, I don't know what the rest of his motif is. If it's uh, oh, I, he like, I imagine he's I know, like, he's got like, he's got like a number of different like murder instruments or something. Like he's got like poison pills and he's got like, you know, one of those wires that you use to choke someone from behind oh, or, or whatnot. Garot. Yeah. Yeah. What's uh, your, what's your, what, uh, yeah. What's, what's, what's your take? I what's, was just uh, thinking this is like a, um, like it's airbrush style and we just see Liam Lawson, uh, like leaned up against the wall, like one foot at like the, you know, the 90 degree angle, like mm-hmm. one foot back. He's got a pair of sunglasses that are like down on the bridge of his nose and he's looking over them. And in one hand, he's holding an Alpha Tauri helmet. And in the other hand, he's holding a Red Bull helmet. And he's just like very yeah. coolly looking straight down the barrel. And the the reflection, the reflection of his chrome sunglasses yes. is the... the yes. The the Red Bull pits yes. and the Alphatari pits side by side. Exactly. And he's just yeah, he's sitting there waiting. I love that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's de- yeah. There's there's he is absolutely the implication, um, the motivation, the consequences. Like he will be if anyone steps out of line at Red Bull, my man has got a seat. Uh at least at Alpha Tauri. Um so that's that's where we're at with with Red Bull. Uh, uh, apparently, Logan Sargent still is he's still got that immunity, John. I think you called it. He's he he can't get voted off the island. He's no matter what he does. <sighs> I mean, they're starting to they're, they're starting to kind of like talk around it, yeah, and whatnot. Like even James Vowles is like beginning to like openly address, like, yeah, no, I get it. You guys all think it's terrible that we have, oh yeah, this guy on our team. Oh, he said like like uh, this. You know, the statement was like, yeah, I know it doesn't look great, but like on paper, you should see like the data reflects like he's actually not that far behind Albon, and it's like. I, okay. Okay, James. What paper are you? Yeah. 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 Sure. Um, I guess if you want to say like, technically there's really only 
a tenth or two between third place on the podium and the person who's finishing out of the points. I guess technically on paper, those cars are all pretty fast. But like, if you look at the race, and it's like, oh yeah, I mean, th- people are getting lapped still, even with those like spreads. And Logan is. I mean, I mean, Jay. Yeah. James Valls has no, he's he's like the ambassador at the embassy. He's got no choice but to try and tiptoe around yeah. the diplomatic immunity. Yeah, um, he's like the well, concierge I, I, I do, at the uh, at the embassy, where it's like, all right, I just got to make everyone, I got to make nice with everyone. <laughs> okay, I do I do feel though that you know like yeah the the diplomatic immunity it's going to stick. Mm-hmm. Until it doesn't. Until yeah. And it'll just be like yeah. And like when it's when it's over, like they're gonna be, you know, there will be like a video of people like drop kicking his stuff out of Williams headquarters, like, you know, high fiving each other and, and yeah. whatnot. It won't be like I'm this full process. It'll be like yeah. the low angle camera shot where you just see like the the facade of like the building. Uh, and you're like, why am I looking at this building? And then all of a sudden, like the doors burst open, uh, and yep. you see like them like holding him by like his like uh, by his belt, and they just like throw him out onto the street, and like yeah, ja- Jazzy Jeff, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, just oh wow, yeah, okay, I guess that's why I was looking at this. Uh, yeah, um, so yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, last but not least, there was some. Um, potential toyota news here johnny have you have you seen that mm. um no i haven't so with the japanese grand prix that just took place there was uh i want to say mclaren signed into their like junior driver program uh a, a driver who has been backed by toyota for their whole career uh, i can't remember the driver's name Um, but I think he was actually even like shown in the pit lane. Like he was one of the people that they like showed, uh, as like, Oh, that dude's here. Oh, he's a guest in McLaren, like that kind of thing. And then he got signed into their junior program. And basically Zach Brown was like, Hey, yeah, we're like bringing on new talent from everywhere. And someone was like, Hey, um, so this guy's backed by Toyota and Toyota has been like thinking about getting back into F1. Is there any sort of thing that's happening there and zach brown was like hey they're bringing a lot to the table here we may do some sort of partnership with them as far as like maybe like a technologies based partnership or something uh because toyota is like a racing pedigree uh within japan like is maybe the racing pedigree uh like it's honda and toyota and like toyota has like it's ridiculous what their uh, quite literal track record is uh, when it comes to racing uh, all over the world, including they're in NASCAR. So like they are very mm-hmm. familiar with like the international stage uh, and how to be partners with people and also becoming a manufacturer and like kind of like a lead uh, within the manufacturing process. But Zach Brown was like, hey, they're great. They're bringing some really cool stuff to this deal. Um, we may partner with them on the technology side. And then someone was like, well, y'all are a customer team of Mercedes. And like, what's going on? We've heard that like Honda might be getting into it and backing Aston Martin. Like, what's going on? Is there like a future manufacturer like engine deal? And Zach Brown was like, hey, we're leaving everything open. 
who knows what might happen in the next couple of years. And it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Did you just say in the next couple of years? Because if you said in the next couple of years and you're going to bring in a major partnership with someone on the technology side for the regulation change, that then opens the door mm-hmm. for a potential return to like greatness. If we get Audi back in F1, John, if we get Honda locked in, we get Toyota locked in, right? Like this, this could be what saves the sport. These partnerships could save the sport, in my opinion. Well, I think just the fact that there's all this like deal making. Yeah, yeah. We've got a potential, when, potential deal. When there's, I mean, well, I mean. There's that, but there's so many other deals going on. There's yeah. so many other deals in the fray. Even the, like the Las Vegas people are still trying to like shake down, you know, people with restaurant balconies overlooking the track. Mm-hmm. Like there's deals everywhere. Yeah. And I do think that this is all, again, I'm just going to keep feeding everything back towards the Ver- Verstap- Verstappos, Verstapp OS, right? Verstapp OS. You know? Verstapp OS <laughs> system, yes. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. That uh, there, there's like gonna be a secret cabal mm-hmm. of Illuminati esque Formula One figures around the sport that will get together that will that will all have too many interests that are being damaged by this that will all yeah. get together to ensure that you know the the Verstappos initiative is is put into play. Is yeah is undertaken and uh, kept very quiet. It needs to be kept extremely quiet because I th- I, mean, I don't know maybe <laughs> maybe it doesn't need to be kept that quiet. Maybe it's something that like Verstappen would be like openly advocating for, just to be like I'm totally okay. Can I come back though? I just I I don't want to go to WEC. I mean, it sounds fun, but I don't want to go all the way to WEC. I want to stick around here. Uh oh. Did you have something else on that one, Johnny? Oh, I'll go all day on it, but please oh, yeah, go, yeah. go right uh, ahead. So there uh speaking of WEC, we do have the potential for Sebastian Vettel uh to get back into endurance racing. There is mm. a, a reported conversation that is happening between him and Porsche on uh, running the the LMD um like one of the the one of these concept uh vehicles yeah. one of these more or less like prototype not prototype but like advanced design vehicles within the Le Mans series so he'll stick around and stay race ready um and uh, maybe that will create a path for him to then like, you know, because it's through Porsche and they're not necessarily Audi, but they're owned by the same motorsports group. Maybe that's a way for Sebastian to kind of slot into one of those Audi spots uh, opposite Carlos signs. I mean, I don't know if Carlos is going to leave Ferrari now, though. Now that he's got a couple of race wins there, I don't know. Basically just secured his, like, you gave Charles this deal. I want the same deal. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Um, But there are deals all over the place. All over the place. Let's keep it interesting. F1, you have to keep it interesting. You have to. And this, the lack of the silly season that we're having is making it even harder 
for people to stay engaged, especially on social media. Like, like you're saying, there's a social media deficit that's happening yeah. uh, as far as engagement. And if you look at like all the releases of every team and uh, and the sport in general, it like feels like they missed the they like came in right as the wave of uh, Twitter was crashing and people were like, oh, actually, this site is getting kind of sad and uh, overtly racist. Like, yeah. we're going to like take a step away. Uh, F1 was like, oh, wait, no, but we just like put a social media team in place to like do a Twitter blitz. It's like, it's no longer called Twitter. So what is your team doing? And they're like, oh, no. So, yeah, there's... <sighs> we do need an injection of excitement within the sport, and Verstappen and Red Bull, they are not doing it. They're making it less exciting. No, they are definitely not. Well, uh, no. you know, again, I'm confident that because like there's many other places in the world in which I would say like, Oh, a scenario like this can't get sorted and the bad things will keep getting worse. But solely just because there's so many different like business factors in play here, that's yeah. where I'm like, I think this this could get sorted out. I do yeah. think this could get corrected, and not in like an ethical way, in like a very like dark, uh, you know, Illuminati oh, yeah. pulling the strings sort of uh, scenario. Oh, yeah. But like, well, especially if it, gets, if it gets Verstappen and Red Bull on the sidelines, then I'm I'm exactly. cool with it. I'm fully on board, especially. Because that Singapore technical directive, uh, everyone was like, oh, did the technical directive work? And then Red Bull came back and won a race by almost 20 seconds. And we're all like, oh, the technical directive actually didn't work. And it may, it seems as though it may have actually harmed uh, Mercedes and Aston Martin, which are like the other couple of people who are challenging Red Bull other than Ferrari this year. So. Mm -hmm. Oof, yeah, it's not looking great. Also, Alpine is like now starting to really s see the uh, reliability issues showing back up. So not only do they have an engine that was like not as powerful as everyone else, their stated intention back when they were locking in these regulations, Alpine was like, we are going to make an engine so powerful, it is going to destroy everyone. And also if reliability issues happen, we'll be given a window to develop the engine more. And then they showed up and yep. turns out their engine is not destroying everyone, but it is also extremely unreliable. So ugh, not great. Not, not a great look for Alpine. Um, so Alpine's not going to really challenge, even though Pierre Gasly and Esteban Ocon are definitely podium worthy uh even race winning worthy i think that they both have the skills uh and like the i guess like the poise to take uh take those like podiums and maybe even race wins um but that's not gonna happen with alpine probably not gonna happen with mercedes and aston martin and it might not happen again with ferrari for the rest of the year and we may actually see Max Verstappen clinch the driver's championship this weekend at Qatar. So like, yeah, almost definitely. Uh, yeah. Like it's, if he finishes sixth or better, he wins the champion. It makes it math, math. He doesn't win the championship. When we say that we mean it, it is mathematically impossible for anyone else 
to accumulate enough points in the remaining races to overtake him to win the championship. So he effectively will win the championship this weekend because I don't think he's finished outside of fifth. I think fifth is the furthest down the field he's finished all year. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. 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 Not looking great. Not looking great for the excitement of F1 returning by the end of the season. Uh, all right, Johnny, anything else to cover? I mean, we talked so much on a week that there was no race, but we still had a lot to talk about. A lot of smack mm-hmm. to talk to, um, necessary smack. Yeah. Very necessary smack. Uh, for me, just looking ahead to next week. Mm-hmm. want to see some live racing. Yep. want to get, you know, the driver's championship sort of over with and, uh, yes. Yeah. And then, you know, keep inching closer to after that, we got Austin. Yeah. That's fun. It's exciting. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, and then I think it's just going to be like from Austin all the way through Vegas is just going to be like the hyper Americanized F1 promotional machine going into overdrive. Yeah. Yeah. And we do have, uh, we will have Brazil. So Brazil is always a highlight. Um, oh yeah. Uh, this, this weekend we have a sprint race. Uh, it's a sprint weekend too. So mm-hmm. we will have like a shortened format. We have this like fun format that has been a bit disruptive to Red Bull. So maybe we'll see some other people leading races, uh, this weekend. I mean, chances are Max is going to either win or, win the championship, uh, if not both, but we may see some other very exciting action happening on like the Friday qualifying that we have, uh, now, um, Mm. and the Saturday sprint qualifying. So like there's, there's a lot of on track action that will happen. Um, it's a night race too. So like, it's always fun to watch night races happen. Um, right. Yeah. Qatar is a night race. Uh, it's it's in the desert. They're going to have a night race in the desert. I think Mm -hmm. they learned their lessons with trying to have like non night races in the desert at this point. Um, so yeah, there's some excitement to look forward to this weekend for sure. I don't know if they're using the new qualifying format in either of the two sprint or grand prix qualifying. I'm pretty sure we're stuck with that wacky format. Yeah. I believe the rest of which I'm not a fan of. Uh, I yeah. think that's like all season long, but mm, okay. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, right. we'll see. Yeah, hey F one, maybe you roll out uh, single lap qualifying, like Fernando Alonso has been talking about. Uh, maybe we see that mm-hmm. as like a trial next season. Um, I'd be perfectly happy seeing that next season, or even hey, bring it in at the tail end of this season. Because, folks, the season is pretty much inconsequential at this point anyway. So it's like, yeah, let's like mix up the qualifying sessions. Who knows? Um, I I say that, but I, it's not inconsequential. It's very consequential. Uh, there's still tons of constructors' championship money to be had on the table. There's still everyone behind P1 in the driver's championship. It's, it's cutthroat back there. Yeah, so yeah. Really incredible season of racing happening. Incredible. 30 seconds behind Max Verstappen. Yes, but it ca- and we're including Sergio Perez in there. Very exciting to watch a Red yeah. Bull yeah, yeah, like yeah. Struggle, struggle in qualifying yeah. and then like make its way through the field during the race. It's all it's fun to watch that. Yep. Uh all right. Well, Johnny, 
Do you think the stock has gone up this week? What do you what do you what are your thoughts? Oh, it's hard. I mean, yeah, it's hard. You know, like listen, I I like to I like to go by my own read of the sport rather than mm-hmm. you know this. Uh, forget even what it was called, uh, the Buzz Atlas or whatever. You know, yeah, yeah, formal documentation on whatever analytics crap. <laughs> I think the sport's doing just fine, Corey. Everything's gonna be great. great. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Yes, yeah. It's yeah. gonna, it's gonna get better. And then yeah. you know, I'm just enjoying my my vision for the future of Formula One mm-hmm. that uh, that we've concocted here today. Like that's, uh, yeah. I got some blueprints to uh, to whip up. I've yeah, also yeah. been feverishly trying to get uh, my mid journey to pump out uh, Liam Lawson. The implication. <laughs> Great. But I'm having a really tough time articulating what it is that like is that formula for like the Carl Malone, the mailman, but he's like dressed up as an actual mailman, you know? Yeah. uh, Yeah. And whatnot. Uh, Yeah. There's got to be something. Um, Well, I also think that the stock personally has gone up for me uh, because there's there hasn't been a race. So there's the anticipation of a race happening. We've got now like the chance of Max Verstappen closing out the driver's championship. We now get to go like, okay, let's look at second through 10th in like the driver's mm-hmm. championship. Uh, Cause like, it's really exciting back there. Um, uh, and then also constructors second through 10th. Also very exciting. and Interesting things could happen there. Uh, so we got, uh, Aston Martin continuing to bring upgrades for the rest of the season. We've got Ferrari continuing to bring upgrades. Uh, we've got Mercedes who have pretty much upgraded their car to as much as they possibly could. And now they're focusing on next year's car, but who knows? I mean, we may see some like interesting things happening, uh, down in Aston Martin versus McLaren versus Mercedes versus Ferrari. McLaren mm-hmm. has scored, more points than anybody else as a constructor and as the drivers um other than Max Verstappen and Red Bull we've got McLaren scoring the most points consistently throughout the whole season so i think we're going to continue to see that we might even see Oscar Piastri thrive in this this race weekend cuz now he's going to be comfortable he's going to have more time to run on track again the truth showed up and outqualified his teammate at a track he had never driven before yep yep so we got six races left we could maybe see not only a mclaren win but i would love to see an oscar piastri win quite frankly um almost more than i want to see a hamilton win at this point like i'm not concerned about hamilton winning a race this season uh it's okay i'm i'm over it i i but i want to see oscar now that he's podiumed, I want to see him like win a race. Ooh, yeah, God, I, I want to see it so bad. Um, because yeah, it's like him and Schumacher and uh, Hamilton and Senna. Like one races in their rookie season. Did Alonso win a race in his rookie season too? Uh, nope. I think don't so. Think he did. I yeah, I don't so. think so either. Yeah, so he's. Potentially in like some like rarefied air there. Um, only a few other people have done that in their rookie seasons. 
And if he's one of them. I'm with you. I want to see it. Ooh, I want to yeah. see it happen. All right, Johnny. Where can the folks track you down out there in the world? Uh, you can always find me via my home base, johnnymotion.com. Corey, where can the folks find you? I am also centrally located on the internet. Uh, I am coreypwillis.com, uh, and then you can track me down, uh, burn Corey Burn and the F1 files on the social media stuff. Uh, and I have a show. Uh, this coming week, um, got a show at the clubhouse out here in Los Angeles, uh, that will be eight o'clock on Tuesday. Uh, that is when I've got a show and then, oh boy, there's going to be some more live stuff happening with me, uh, over the course of the month that I will, I'm teasing now, but I will, uh, properly promote next week when I have more solid dates, um, and more solid information. But as of now, mm. if you're in LA on the 10th at 10 PM, there is going to be a show at the UCB theater that I will be a part of. And we haven't secured the lineup yet, but oh boy, are we looking to get some like heavy hitters showing up at this show? So I'll have nice more specifics to promote next weekend. But for now, Come see me at the clubhouse this Tuesday, and then come see me at UCB uh, next Tuesday. All right, folks, we will catch up with you the next time, just like you're going to catch up with us the next time on the F1 Files.